Section 3. Police Apparition. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in public domain. For more information, or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Alex Bowie, Woodbridge, Virginia. G-A-M-S-I-T dot 10-G-B dot org. August 20th, 2006. Police Apparition by H. Beam Piper. Section 3. They turned, after a while, into a rutted dirt road, which deteriorated steadily into a grass-grown track through the woods. Finally, they stopped, and the private backed off the road. The three men got out. Parker with his Winchester, the sergeant checking the drum of a Thompson, and the private pumping a buckcell shot into the chamber of a riot gun. For half an hour, they followed the brush gown trail beside the little stream. Once, they passed a dark gray commercial model jeep back to one side. Then they came to the head of the gap. A man wearing a tweed coat, tan field boots, and khaki breeches was sitting on a log, smoking a pipe. He had a bolt-action rifle across his knees, and a pair of binoculars hung from his neck. He seemed about thirty years old, and any bobby socks or sidle of the screen would have envied him the handsome regularity of strangely mobile features. As Parker and the two state policemen approached, he rose, slinging his rifle, and greeted them. Sergeant Haynes, is, he asked pleasantly, are you gentlemen out hunting the critter, too? Good afternoon, Mr. Lee. I thought that was your jeep I saw down the road a little. The sergeant turned to the others. Mr. Richard Lee, staying at the old Kinchwater place, the other side of Rudder's Fort. This is Mr. Parker, the district game protector, and Private Zinkowski. He glanced at the rifle. Are you out hunting for it, too? Yes, I might thought I'd find something up here. What do you think? It is. I don't know, the sergeant admitted. It could be a bobcat, cannon to the lynx. Jink here has a theory that it's some escapee from the paper doll factory with a machete. Me, I hope not, but I'm ignoring the possibility. The man with the matinee's idol's face nodded. It could be a lynx. I understand they're not unknown in this section. We paid bounties on two in this country in last year, Parker said. Odd rifle you have there. Mind if I look at it? Not at all. The man who had been introduced as Richard Lee unslung and handed it over. The chamber's loaded, he cautioned. I never saw one like this, Parker said. Foreign? I think so. I don't know anything about it. It belongs to a friend of mine who loaned it to me. I think the action's German or Czech. The rest of it's a custom job by some West Coast gunmaker. Chambered for some ultra-velocity wildcat load. The rifle passed from hand to hand. The three men examined it in turn, commenting admirably. You find anything, Mr. Lee? The sergeant asked, handing it back. Not a trace. The man called Lee slung the rifle and began to dump the ashes from his pipe. I was along the top of this ridge for about a mile on either side of the gap, and down the other side as far as Hyde Man's Run. I didn't find any tracks or any indication of where it made a kill. The game protector nodded, turning to Sergeant Haynes. 
There's no use of us going any farther, he said. Ten to one. It followed that line of woods back to Strawmeyers and crossed over to the other ridge. I think our best bet would be to go to the hollow at the end of Lowry's run. What do you think? The sergeant agreed. The man called Richard Lee began to refill his pipe methodically. I think I shall stay here for a while, but I believe you're right. Lowry's run, or across Lowry's Gap into Coon Valley, he said. End of section 3